You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi, and welcome to episode 15 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today, as always, are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And welcome back to Vicki Stokes. How are you, Vicki? I'm fine. And today we have a special guest. We'd like to welcome our fourth geeky person, we'll call him. Welcome to Tom Schmidt. Hi, Tom. Hello. Glad you could be here today. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to get right into it, and we're going to talk about our favorite things. We're going to kind of channeling Oprah a little bit today. So we want to talk about things that, um, that we really love. Technology could be something else. And I'm going to get, this, get started by talking about a website that I have loved for the last five years since it came into being. Suze, you might be a little bit familiar with it. If you are a knitter, crocheter, weaver, spinner, dyer, pattern writer, anything to do with yarn and and fiber, you need to be on this website. And it's called Ravelry. And it's uh, at www.ravelry.com, R-A-V-E-L-R-Y. And like everything else we talk about, will be linked in the show notes. This is, it's basically a database. You can, it's just, it's, it's a phenomenal place. Suze, have you been there yet? Oh, many times. Oh. Many, many times. It's one of these places when you first get started, a lot, many, many hours, because you are just going to get lost. And, and, that's, a, and that's, a, that's a good thing. That's not a, a bad thing. You're just going to get lost in everything it has to offer. If you want to look up a pattern for something that you want to create, if you have purchased a yarn and you're not really sure what you want to make with it or you want to see what other people have made, if you want to ask people for help, if you want to just keep a database of what you've created, if you want to keep a queue of patterns that you'd like to knit or yarns you'd like to buy, if you want to upload yarns that you've purchased and always use that as... um, your reference point of what you already own. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing, amazing resource. And the best thing is it's totally free. And you can be as active or as passive as you want to be. All you have to do is sign up with uh, a name and password. That's it. If you choose to share more personal information, you can. If you choose not to, that's fine. You can comment on other people's projects. You can ask people for help. It's just it's just an amazing place if you, like I said, if you are any kind of a yarn crafter, and I'm on there constantly getting patterns, getting ideas for yarns I already own, asking people questions, answering questions that people ask me. Um, you can They have forums. I mean, I'm in a Boston Red Sox forum. We don't talk about knitting. We just talk about the games and, and the players. There's forums for everything, for TV shows, for movies, for Mac users, for iPad lovers, for Kindle lovers. Uh, for designers that you love. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing place. And um, so I, I highly recommend it if you are any kind of a yarn crafter. So it's Ravelry.com. Tom, what's one of your favorite things? 
Um, well, some of the listeners who've maybe heard me on a couple of the other podcasts might know that I fix computers for a living at First Tech in Minneapolis, um, an Apple specialist. Uh, you may have an Apple specialist near your location. It's like a Apple store, but it's independently owned. You can find your local Apple specialist by going to www.applespecialist.com. And um, one of the things I absolutely dread is I've got somebody's computer, I'm fixing it, and their hard disk is dead. And that's the reason I have it. Um, I'm very happy to know that they backed it up. But, I mean, beforehand, I don't know that. Um, so my favorite, one of my favorite things is when I'm doing my job and the relief I get when somebody tells me that they actually backed up their machine. You know, they've got a time machine backup. And the, there's a couple different ways to do that. You can use a hard disk directly connected to your Mac. And I've got, uh, for the show notes, I have links to a couple of ones that I would recommend. Um, they are, one of them is, is USB 3 and the other is USB 3 and Thunderbolt. Um, Firewire drives, unfortunately, are going away. Um, the other way to do it is either with Apple's time capsule or this is unsupported by Apple, but it's how I do it. I have an Airport Extreme with a hard disk hooked up to it. And, of course, um, Apple's Wi-Fi products are at apple.com slash Wi-Fi. Sounds good. Um, Vicki, how about you? As you all know, I love my Apple products, and my newest obsession now is my iPad mini. Um, I knew as soon as they, you know, all the rumors about it, about there being an iPad mini um, coming out, I just delayed buying a Kindle because I really want to be able to read and not have that iPad. I, I found that the original and um, the iPad 1, 2, and 3 are a bit too heavy for me in terms of the weight. Uh, I use my iPad every day, especially on my commute to work. Um, and I think my app, my MacBook Air with me too. I, I, I used to have a huge MacBook Pro and I used to love that. I was 17 inch, okay? I used to love that to work. And then I decided this is too much and I got the MacBook Air, especially because I'm in school too. I wanted something very lightweight. And I still found that my backpack was heavy because you still have to have your gear and everything. One day I left my iPad at home and I realized, oh, this is much lighter. It still was heavy, but it was much lighter without the iPad being in there. And I realized not only do I'm not enjoying this in terms of reading and um, on my commute holding this thing, um, it's also uh, it's, it's much too heavy. So I was waiting for the iPad mini to come out, and I was very close to buying the Kindle, and I'm glad I waited. It's exactly like the i the original iPad doesn't have the Retina display, which you know I don't really need it because I I don't look at photos. You uh, uh, I don't use it as one of those picture things where you see photos or anything. And even then, I don't think it really matters with the, uh, if you have the Retina or not. If you're just looking at pictures of your family. Um, and I don't watch videos on any of my iOS devices, so I really don't think I need it. I need that at all. And I'm telling you, it's exactly the same. I don't do anything, anything any different than I did before, and I thought maybe I would. 
only negative I have about it is that Tiny Troopers is a little bit more difficult on the iPad Mini because <laughs> the screen is so much smaller. And you have to hold it just right, and every now and then it, it'll move slightly. And another negative is that I set it on my bedside, and if I just slightly touch that thing, it falls off the bedside because it's so light. It's so light that I had it in my purse and didn't realize it, and I was tearing up my house looking for it. I said, it's not in my purse because I will feel it. And I looked in there, and there it was in my purse. It's just, it didn't add hardly any weight to it. So I love this thing. It's cute, too, because it's cute with pink case that goes on, uh, cover that goes on it. It is just adorable. And people are always stopping me and asking me about it. They went, oh, God, that's so cute, especially the women. Mainly the women saying it's so cute. The guys are asking, oh, are you able to do the same things you did before with your other one and that kind of thing. But And then, of course, everybody at work knew I had it because I buy everything new this Apple has. So. <laughs> so people have been borrowing it and looking at it and, and asking all kinds of questions about it. And um, most of my family members who have my older iPads or bought iPads now want a mini. Uh, they, at least the women do. They, they see the, the value in something smaller. And Vicki, you do remember that Jose and I are your sisters, right? Yeah, I have, have now I thought I just had um, three sisters, and now I've got two more. That's right. <laughs> so when you're ready to pass the iPad mini down. Yes. <laughs> well, right. I've, heard, I've heard fabulous things about the iPad mini. I love it. I just, when I first heard about a smaller screen, we, when it first came out, I said, that's ridiculous. You know, because the first one, all you, all you care about is just making it smaller as an alternative to a notebook or a laptop, you know, that kind of thing. And then I started realizing I still have a laptop and I still have a need for the laptop, especially because I'm in school. I think I'm probably not going to use the MacBook Air as much once once this week is over with. Um, but there's still some things I like to do on my uh, computer that I wouldn't do on the, definitely wouldn't do on the iPad mini because it's very small. Um, I still like to do my email on there, do my surfing and, you know, um, things like that on it. But um you know, I, I don't pay bills using my mini and stuff like that. I don't do, you know, uh, projects that I'm working on using the mini. So it's selling really well too. Yeah, I heard Tim uh, on a uh, tech fan saying that uh, they uh, it sells on they sell out as soon as they you guys get them. Pretty much. Yeah. So. Don't you think it's cannibalizing the the new iPad though a little bit or? No. I have a new iPad. Well, I heard that people said Do you have an that, iPad mini? <laughs> no, I bought a four. Yeah. the iPad 4 when Apple had its one-day sale on Black Friday. I heard when it first came out that some of the salespeople didn't know, you know, you know like at Best Buy and stores like that. Uh, when people said, ask about the new iPad, they pointed to the mini, they meant, and people would say the 4, the new one. And they go, oh, they didn't even realize that there was a four out because everybody was talking about the mini. That's not that with Best Buy anyway. Those people don't really know much about the products. Um, at least my local uh, Best Buy is like that. I, I end up educating them about the products uh, because they give out misinformation about things. So. In a lot of Best Buy stores, you've actually got an Apple employee. Yeah, every now and then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but not all the time. But I, I, one time I not went always. in there and I... Yeah, I, I, and I saw a guy, and he really knew what he was talking about. And I went, and he turned around and went, oh, you, you, you're an Apple person. <laughs> I like to eavesdrop on conversations. <laughs> I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. 
<laughs> I had an interesting thing happen at Best Buy last week when I, I it was my daughter's birthday last week and I gave her an iPod Touch. So we went to uh, local Best Buy and um, to get a case for the iPod Touch with uh, some of her birthday money. And I overheard a Best Buy employee telling this guy that his iPod Nano had Bluetooth in it so he could use these Bluetooth wireless headphones with it. And I waited until they were done talking, and then I just kind of quietly chased down the guy. And I'm like, which iPod do you have? Do you have the brand-new Nano? Oh, no, I have this da-da-da-da. Okay, no, you don't have Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't really know what's going on. And then that poor guy would go home and be frustrated because he couldn't get it to work. Yeah, and he what? was on his way to the cash register with the Bluetooth headphones. You know what? That's where Mac people are. We, you know, you, you know, we were back at, out in the wilderness where nobody w- was interested in Macs and they thought they were like toys. And we would have to get together and the Mac group, usage groups and bulletin boards and stuff like that to share information because nobody knew anything about Macs in, in, a, in, a, in a stores, retail stores. Yeah. Um, I think we're still like that. It's a community. And that's the reason why the products are so great, you know, because Apple does listen to the community sometimes. <laughs> I think on the more uh, important things, they do listen. And- well, for me, I'm going to jump ahead of myself. I was going to do something first, but um, I, I've always I've had a real love-hate relationship with Adobe's Photoshop Touch, as everyone probably knows from my reviews. I've made no bones about it. But today I was using it for um, a little project, and I have to say is that I'm going to give it another try. I think the extract button is, the extract feature is absolutely um, quite brilliant. And Tying in with Photoshop Touch, because it is an iPad-only app, um, I think it's down to $5 now. It may be, it, when it first came out, I think it was $10. Um, it does have a lot of the features that Photoshop has. So if people are familiar with Photoshop, they'll definitely like Photoshop Touch, except, you know, it's a touch screen. You are able to uh, grab images off of uh, the web, you know, Creative Commons. So that's really nice if you want to use some images off that into your project or images. It does do a lot of layers. So it has all those built-in features. The thing that I think re- is very helpful is because some of the tutorials, I think, for Photoshop Touch are very clunky. I don't like the tutorials at all. Basically, when you open up a tutorial, you have to I can understand why Adobe wants you to do it, but you're actually working on the image. The thing is, is I would just rather just look, you know, do a small video tutorial. So in lieu of that, I went to Adobe TV and Russell Brown has some really great videos. Very, you know, they vary from two minutes on up to 10 minutes with different features of Photoshop Touch. And, of course, Adobe TV, I mean, I've always used Adobe, like, when I've had problems, like, with Illustrator and I haven't been able to figure something out. They really do a very good job with that website. So I'm willing to give Photoshop Touch another try, and I'm working myself through some of Russell Brown's uh, videos. I have in the past, um, but for some reason there was, you know, I, I use FilterStorm a lot. I use Snapseed because most of the things that I'm doing on my iPad 
or a lot of photo editing. Or if I'm using something like with drawing, then I will use ArtRage or Sketchbook Pro or the fabulous Procreate. Um, and lately I've been using paper, but I think I'm going to start working with more images, um, with layered images in Photoshop Touch. The, the big caveat when it first came out, it only saved at 600 by 600 pixels, which is good for really nothing. Um, but it is saving not at, I'm not sure if it's full res, but it is high res. So I would recommend, you know, if you want to app for a gift this winter, then maybe Photoshop Touch, and then go to Adobe TV and, uh, you know, look at all the videos, and look at the videos ahead of time to see if it's something that you'd be interested in. That's my two cents. <laughs> now, Vicki, you had mentioned earlier that you don't like watching, or you don't watch videos on your iPad. The iOS devices, no. Yeah. I don't, don't No, I just I do, don't enjoy it. I do all the time. Me too. Yeah. And Same here. The, app that I wanted to recommend is Amazon Instant Video. It's free for the iPad. You just need iOS 5 or later. And I'm constantly, I have an Amazon Prime account, so I'm constantly watching movies or TV shows. Right now I'm back into my West Wing kick, where I watched it a few years ago on DVD, and now I'm going back through and watching it again. And i I love it. I mean, when you, you sign into it with your regular Amazon account password and you can search, you can search for the movie that or the TV show that you're looking for. You can still pay for something if you want to purchase a, a TV show or a movie. I watch pretty much things on Prime. They have, um, like I'm looking at the app, they have um, selections here based on horror movies, on drama, on documentaries, comedies. What I recommend that you do is when you find something that you that you think you might want to watch, whether it's a TV show or a movie, put it in your watch list. And then when you click on the watch list button, everything that you think you might want to watch shows up all in that one place. And then that way you can just choose what you want to watch and it's right there. There's no, what was the name of that movie that uh, Vicky told me I should watch? And I can't remember. As soon as you know what it is, put it in your watch list. It's there. The only criticism that I have with the app is that you can't easily fast forward or rewind if you need to. It doesn't have a button. You pretty much have to take the scrubber and go back and forth. And then what it does is it takes a couple of seconds to reload itself. But other than that, I'm constantly, between that and the Netflix, I'm constantly watching something. And I watch it on my iPad. And now with the retina screen, like night and day from my iPad 1. Um, I noticed on my iPad 1, it seemed a little bit dark. And now everything is nice and bright and the way it should be. So I love the Amazon the Amazon video app. Vicki, give it a try. I actually have an Amazon Prime account. And I keep forgetting I have it because I, I haven't had a chance to watch movies. And maybe I change. I don't think I'll watch movies on my iPad mini, though. Uh, <laughs> I would probably, I probably would watch it on my uh, computer, but not on. And I've done it on the computer I've too. I don't. Yeah. I have it. I have it on my phone. I don't watch on my phone. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, you can, but I, I don't. I, it's just not a very pleasant experience, and it, it, also reading on the phone doesn't work for me either. It's too small. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't I don't get it because we use Apple TV from you know the iPad if we're streaming something. But 
there's many nights that if my husband, I mean, my husband and my son are watching, you know, baseball game or basketball game, I just go into another room and I just stream Netflix on the iPad. And I think it's a very pleasurable experience. I can, pa- I can pause it. I mean, the, the retina display is fabulous. Uh, really? I, I can't imagine anybody not watching. On an iPhone, yes. I think an iPhone would. I, well, I, got, I have a bunch of big screen TVs in my house, so. Well, so it's sort of senseless to be watching okay. it on small screen. So. We already know you're spoiled, Vicky. <laughs> Sorry, huh? What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? Oh, Suze's kind of fading out a little bit. What did I she say? Oh, I'm sorry. I said we already know you're spoiled. <laughs> that's that's why we're we're new. Actually, her, I, that's why I, we're her new sisters. Actually, I got a good deal a couple of Christmases ago. You know, I, I didn't spend a lot of money on these TVs. <laughs> well, it's also nice about the Amazon app. Is well, I should say Amazon in general. If you have a Roku box, you can watch Amazon movies on your Roku box too. Or Not, a I Sony DVD player that's on there also. It's on there too. I don't believe you can watch Amazon on an Apple TV. I haven't no. seen. I, I just got, as you know, I just got one, uh, and I haven't even looked at it yet. But um, can, I don't think it's on there either. Yeah. Sorry. Can you AirPlay it from the iPad to an Apple TV? Yes. I Oh, oh! I'm sorry. I, I thought you, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, no, yeah. I, mean, well, I didn't know. Amazon Video. Can you AirPlay that to an Apple TV? Oh, I don't. You know what? I don't think you can. Can you, Elisa? I, I don't, don't know. I don't have an Apple TV. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, I have an Apple TV, but I'm not sure. I, I think you can stream it. Hold on. I'm just. I'm opening. I, think you could, I thought you could stream anything from the device. Yeah, I think you can. If the app supports it, it has to be added into the app. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I keep yeah, denying Apple and Apple and um, Amazon don't have, I mean, they took away my ability to buy Kindle books from my Amazon app, which I wasn't happy with. No, I'm looking here and it really doesn't show that I can airplay it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another thing um, um, is that it, Apple really needs to open it up a bit more. Oh, as a side note, while I'm thinking of it, Suze, you just mentioned that you can't buy books on your Kindle app. I was listening to a Kindle podcast last week, mm-hmm. and they were the host was speaking to someone who works for Amazon, mm-hmm. and he direct he the host directly said, "Why can't people who use the Kindle app on other devices purchase Kindle books right from the app?" And he said, "Basically, it's because." They want you to buy a Kindle. Uh, well, that would make sense. That that they made it so that you can you can go on your computer, or you can use your web browser within your iPad. Yeah, you can purchase your Kindle book. You can sync it to your Kindle app on the iPad, but you just can't buy that Kindle book within your iPad, within the Kindle app of the iPad. And you can also take out books uh, via OverDrive from Amazon, you know, so you go to your library. Um, getting back to Amazon Instant Video, uh, to answer Tom's question or who's ever question, yes, you can. It does support AirPlay. I just uh, opened up Downton Abbey, and if I had my Apple TV on, I would be able to to upload it to Apple. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, great. That's very cool. Yeah. I have Hulu Plus that I use, too, so that's a different thing, though. That is on Apple TV. Okay, Tom, what's your next favorite thing? Um, well, I can hit a real super quick one. Just 
everybody rewind the podcast. Everything that Elisa said about Amazon Instant Video and substitute Netflix. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, agree. I use them both. What I have, I mean, for me, the the iPad is is it's my second TV. I mean, between Netflix and DirecTV for iPad and the DirecTV Nomad, um, I can get pretty much anything and everything right on my TV. The DirecTV iPad app, obviously you'd have to be a DirecTV subscriber in the United States, allows you to watch many of the channels live as long as you're on the same network as your satellite box. Um, the DirecTV Nomad, which is at directtv.com slash technology slash nomad, is a box that you hook up to your Ethernet network along with your DirecTV satellite box. And with the app on your iOS device, it will encode the shows that you've recorded on your DVR and send them to your iOS device. So, I mean, for example, on Friday at work at lunch, I'm watching Big Bang Theory. I love Big Bang Theory. Um, another thing, we were, you know, talking about different places and things and ways to watch TV with the iPad. I've got a treadmill in my basement. And, you know, you're walking on the treadmill, you're bored to death. But if you bring the iPad down there and you got, you know, a show on Netflix or something from my direct TV nomad, you know, that keeps me engaged watching the show while I'm doing the treadmill. Oh, absolutely. Or you could bring the treadmill upstairs and have it right in front of your TV. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't work. Well, you know, I, I agree, Tom, because I use my iPad for everything. I mean, it's, it's indispensable in my life. And, you know, I like the fact that I can stream the shows that I want. And, you know, it's, Netflix is so reasonable. It's, what, like $8 a month if you're just going $8. to use yeah, it's I mean, who's the same? Amazon, seven ninety nine. Yeah, they're all about eight dollars a month. Yeah, between yeah. The three of them. If you go to Starbucks, that's what two coffees. Well, maybe not two coffees. It's a coffee and a scone or something. I mean, and and I do wish they'd have um, some more TV shows. I mean, I, there are some TV shows I'd, I'd like to to watch, but um, especially. You know, British shows. I really like those, but I can't complain. You know, the offerings that they have, I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, that's the reason why I got Amazon Plus and Hulu Plus because I, and that guy read of Netflix because I don't watch that many movies. But I think I may get it back now that I'm going to have some free time. Um, but yeah, I like the TV shows, and it's a lot of series that I have missed. And I really would like, but, and I also have uh, Comcast, and they have excellent on demand programming. So, and um, they have an Xfinity app for the iPad that my sister uses. She doesn't have cable at all, uh, a very limited cable. And uh, I have HBO and all other shows. So she's able to live with me. So she's able to actually watch uh, those programs on her iPad. Uh, and she has an Apple TV, too. So she says she's able to stream a lot of that stuff to her TV. So now The direct TV for iPad app sounds like um, the Time Warner app that I have. Yeah, so it's guess, a lot like that in the Xfinity app. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I had I had downloaded the the Time Warner app, signed in, never really thought about it till one day, I think about two weeks ago, I wanted to watch The Walking Dead, but we I DVR it every week. But one of my kids was watching a basketball game or something, and I realized I had this app, 
I'm like, this is so awesome. I just went to AMC at nine o'clock and there it was. I was like, this is so cool. The zombies, exactly... aren't, big, the zombies aren't big enough. <laughs> well, the that... TV that I normally watch it on is only about a 24-inch TV, so oh, okay. it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was it was fine. I was able to see uh, I was able to see the governor and Penny and everybody else. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly how the Directv iPad app works too. I mean, you know, my daughter could be watching you know something on Disney XD like she does oftentimes, and you know, if there's some world crisis going on, I can you know flip open the iPad and and watch CNN live. Um, do, do all of you have cable, or do do, do yes. one or two of you have satellite? Yes. I have digital cable. I now. used to have direct TV, and I moved to Comcast. No. Yeah, we have Time Warner here. We have AT and T in Dallas, and it's they have a package called UVerse, and it's yeah. all wireless. Yeah, that's what we have. I don't think well, any of the cable companies offer something like this Direct TV Nomad. I mean, it's just it it's just liberating. I guess is the word that pops into my head that you can record something on your DVR, put it on your iPad. And just take it with you. Oh no! Wow. See, I love Directv. After they've they've done all this innovation stuff, they they didn't have a, a, a app at all when I was a, a customer. So and they've got um, the normal iPad app, which you know, like I said, it works like the Xfinity app, works like the Time Warner app, where you can watch some channels live in your home. Um, and they just added that same feature to their iPhone app, which used to just be able to remotely schedule things and look at the guy, and and I think it may have offered remote control and other things like that. But um, this Nomad thing, there, it's pretty new and it's really cool. You you do have to buy the box. The box is, if I remember right, it's about one hundred and fifty dollars. But the app is free, um, and it's you know it's really cool to be able to record any show from any channel and have it sent over to your iPad. Mm, yeah. That's or even cool. your iPhone. The, the, the iOS app is not iPad native yet, but um, when you have the iPhone app on your iPad, it does know that it's on an iPad and it's got the video appropriately sized. See, that would work for me if I actually watch movies on the iPad. And I think the reason why I don't is because I use it mostly when I'm commuting and I'm at work. And I don't have a network that I could connect to that could stream things very well. Um, and with so, the Nomad, you don't need that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. That's a great way to catch up. Yep. So, Vicki. Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, my next uh, product is my brand new iPhone 5 that I love dearly. Uh, as much a, as your iPad mini? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I was waiting for the iPad mini. The iPhone 5 was just a nice little plus. And what I like about it, too, is that it is so much lighter. It is, like, so thin. And um, and it's much, I think it's zippier, faster than the, the 4S was. Um, I'm not really... Um, in a situation where I get 4G when I'm at home, um, but I don't really need it because I live in an area that's not very, you know, a people that would make the network run slow or, or be spotty. But in San Francisco, I do get the, 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 the LTE 4G, whatever they call it. Uh, and it is so much faster. When I'm, I moved, I have Sprint, by the way, not um, 
AT&T. And I moved to Sprint because AT&T just does not work in San Francisco. Um, I got no signal, um, no calls. I mean, not drop calls, no calls when I was at work. And that's not uh, good. So that's surprising in a city like San Francisco. Well, no, that's a lot of people in San Francisco that have iPhones. <laughs> and all of the Bay Area is like that down in San Jose and areas like that. I don't know what it is in terms of 4G because I moved away before 4G became uh, available. Um, but when I had my 3G AT&T phone, I, people would tell me, I tried to call you and your phone just went directly to voicemail. And I would get tons of voicemails and I kept this phone with me all the time. They realized I couldn't make a phone call and no one could call me at all in the building that was in. So when Sprint uh, got it, I went with Sprint instead of Verizon. I was sort of angry at Verizon at the time. But um, this phone is awesome. The screen is still great. Um, I believe it's much faster. It's lighter. Um it's just extremely attractive. And I'm also, I got this case from Senna um, that I'm, I'm, I'm um, reviewing. It is gorgeous. It's a leather case. It's like a wallet style case. Um, and I have a review on it and some things I don't like about it, but it is, looks beautiful in it. Um, it is a great product as usual. It's just like the four and everything. It, it's, it's still a great product. Uh, I just like the fact that it is zippier. It is, in my opinion, it 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 works much faster. I don't have any other slowing slowness, and I at first I had some issues with a couple of apps, but they needed to be updated. Uh, they were just like hanging, and I had never had had crashes like that before. Um, well, um, I had crashes like that before on the on. Um, the 4S, uh, but I don't know if they had anything to do with the phone or if it was just the apps. But uh, when I first got the phone, quite a number of them were hanging, and then I got the updates, and they were just fine. So, um, love it. I suggest if you're gonna get one, get the five. The five is cool. Okay, Suze. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to talk to people about my favorite iPad bag, but I don't think it's easy to find right now. It seems to be out of stock everywhere. Um, it's by STM. It's called the Scout uh, 2. It's about, you can find them anywhere between like $40 up to 55 And it's, it's unisex. You know, it's really interesting because when you go to Europe, I mean, men have handbags. It's not a big deal. And I think, you know, that is... I know in the U.S., you know, guys kind of, you know, uh, look down their nose at it or they carry their briefcases. But, you know, it just makes so much sense sometimes to have all your stuff right there. What I like about this particular case is that your iPad 2, 3, or 4, or 1 even, will fit very snugly into the um, iPad um, uh, you know, opening. They, when you open it up, it's made out of a canvas. I have black because I have black of everything. But when you open it up, um, you can slide your iPad in there. You have room for your iPhone, headphones, you know, Bluetooth, headset, uh, keys, wallet, you name it. It's, it's really a nice bag. Um, when I used it in France, I could even um, put a small digital camera in there, although I never used it because I always use my iPhone for photos. So I definitely recommend this. It's probably one of my most indispensable 
things that I use. Uh, you know, if I want to just throw things together and then bring my iPad, I usually put it in there. And, you know, my son has an iPad too. You know, he just thinks I'm so old school because I use a case for my iPad. But, you know, I like things pristine. I don't like to drop things. And I have dropped my um, iPhone in the past when I had my 3GS and thank goodness they replaced the screen. But he didn't believe me until he dropped his iPad and it dinged his corner of his iPad. So now he uses a case all the time. And I just think um, he's borrowed this for me because he tutors a lot. So when he throws his iPad in there, he can put everything in it. And it's it's not it's not feminine. It's, I mean, there's a lot of reviews on eBags. You can find it on eBags.com. I think you can also find it on Amazon. And most of the reviews are from males. So I think it's a great bag. It's called the Scout 2. Um, I highly recommend it. That does look like a nice bag. I, I have an SDM bag also for my iPad. It's called the Jacket. It doesn't have as many pockets and things. It's a lot more, you know, just sleek and simple. But one cool thing about it is it's got a special little pocket in front to slide your iPhone in. Yeah. I mean, you can't, it's not like a full, um, you know, I've never been one to go for a big pocketbook anyway because, you know, it really hurts my hurts my shoulders, quite frankly. This has a shoulder pad, too. But, I mean, you can fit all everything that you need to bring with you for anything. You know, you can put some papers in there. And um, I think it does a really great job uh, securing everything. I like it. It's got a lot of zippers, a lot of little, um, you know, cubbies or uh, what we used to call little cubbies. But I, I like it. I, and I think for the price, you can't beat it. I've paid more in bags for my laptop than I did for this one. So, you know, and they, were, they weren't as well made. Okay, my next favorite thing is a game called Letterpress. You can use it on your iPhone and your iPad. It's free. And it is so addicting, I can't even begin to tell you. It goes through Game Center. So if you want to play a specific person, that person has to be in Game Center. If you, let me put it this way, anyone you play is in Game Center. So you can open the game to play somebody and you can put in a specific person if you know, or you can just do random and then it will just match you up with somebody. And it's basically a grid of five rows across and five columns down of various letters. Each letter is worth one point. It's not like Scrabble or Words with Friends or Abble Dabble, where some letters are worth more than other letters. It's just a simple one letter, one point. And what you're doing is you're trying to take the letters that are there and come up with words. And then your opponent is trying to steal those letters from you to gain points. It's kind of hard for me to explain it clearly. But it's basically a game of back and forth, back and forth, stealing letters, coming up with new words until all the letters are used and then that person wins, whoever has the most points. So it's basically if I'm playing Suze and she has the word um, fresh, that's worth F-R-E-S-H, that's six, F-R-E-S-H, that's, (laughs) can't spell or count today, that's five points. Well, if I go and I take S-H-E-F from her, add in the letter L, 
That's also five points for me, but she loses four points because I used four of her letters. So it just goes back and forth, back and forth. Back one of the games I played earlier this week was against Scott Wilsey of the Pocket Size Podcast. And when he and I play each other, we play to the bitter end. Neither one of us is willing to give up. And he ended up beating me by one point. I think it was 13 to 12 was our final score. But we came up with 90 words. That's really amazing. I got my husband hooked on this game and I was showing him. And even he went, oh, my God. I mean, it's just amazing how many words we were able to come up with. I mean, we really we went to the bitter end. Now, like I said, it's a free game. There is a 99 cent upgrade, which I highly recommend if you're going to play this game, pay the 99 cents because it does a few things. It lets you play against more than one person. The free version, you can only play one person at a time. And what happens is if you're playing against somebody and you try to start a second game, that first game disappears. So you want to pay that 99 cents to get the ability to play more than one person. And it will also give you a list of words that have already been played. And sometimes looking at that list and then looking at the letters on your board gives you an idea for a word because you can't shuffle the letters. The letters stay right where they are. And I'm probably not doing any justice to explaining this game, but it is incredibly addictive and it's a lot of fun. And it's also, these are the kind of games I like because you have to think. It sounds like reversey with words. I'm not familiar with that game. Um, it's it's uh, a really old school game. You you start out with four marbles, and you have to like surround the other players' marbles with your color, and then it flips them their color to your color, and whoever has the the most wins. Oh, I know what you're talking about. We have that game. With black and white, it's like black and white checkers. Yeah. Yeah, I used to play that game with my kids. Yeah, exactly. It's the same kind of a strategy game. Right. And that's, and that's one of the things you do on letterpress. If, if you have the per, like you are blue and your opponent is red. And what will happen is if I have a letter and in blue and then I'm able to surround it on all four sides with blue, this, the letter in the middle becomes dark blue which means you can use that letter, but you're not going to get any point value for it, you, you as the opponent. So it's, it's basically a protected letter. And I, I admit, the first couple of games, I really wasn't sure what was going on. I read the directions. I was a little confused, like, well, what do you mean if I do this? And I was just, I was just, I didn't understand the strategy. Once I played a few games and then realized what was going on, it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. And it's just been it's, so it's like it would make me say really bad words. I this would be a game that my husband would be saying really because I'm very I don't like to admit I'm competitive, but I am competitive. Oh, I'm very competitive, and I hate losing. And if somebody mm-hmm. took my word, if you took my word, I would really be ticked off at you. So or my letters. I don't think I could play this game and just raise my blood pressure up. So, Suze, that for you it would be bad words with friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's so funny because I everybody wants to play stupid word with friends with me. And I have like, I don't know, nine games going. Well, my son, um, I came up with a really high scoring letter. I mean, it scored 87 points. And I remembered it was a French card game. But I went online just to check the spelling of it. Well, he accused me of cheating. And I wasn't cheating. I was just checking the spelling. 
and I got 87 points. And he he was absolutely furious, and he, he resigned from the game. So, oh, so he sounds no. like he's a lot like you. Oh, yeah. No, so I never resign. I could be losing a hundred to two. I do not resign from a game. I, I like to win, but I I don't get angry if somebody beats me. I and it, and that's the reason why I sort of like to play games. Well, that don't I don't play with other people. I, you know. I, I generally don't like to play against people because I want them to win too, and I feel sort of bad if they lose. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. Well, that's why I said Scott and I, neither one of us was going to give up. So we, we just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until finally he was able to come up with the word that used up the less of the letters. He won by the one point, but it was like, wow. I mean, we had to put it yeah. on Twitter. I'm not saying that I'll let you win. I'm not saying I'll let you win, but I feel bad if you do lose. Yeah, I mean it was we. I mean it was such an intense game that he took a screenshot (laughs) of the words that we used and put them up on Twitter because I I put on Twitter like wow I said 90 words we used wow which is pretty amazing. And the thing is, the letters that you get, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You could get out of 25 letters, you could get two e's and the rest are vowel. um, I'm sorry, the rest are consonants. You can get a q but no u. So it really makes you think. So not only do you have to have this strategy to get as many points as possible for yourself and take away from your opponent, but you have to come up with these words. And I will not, I will not cheat. I will not. They have apps that help you come up with, with words. I won't use them. I figure this is supposed to be a, bra- a game for me to think. Well, see, that's and, what my son accused me of, and I didn't use it. I didn't no. use that, that, but he accused me of it. And so, no, checking the spelling is one thing, but thanks. trying to, but trying to take your letters and say, okay, what can I make out of the, what out of these letters? That's cheating, and I don't do that. I'd rather get a low-scoring word, honestly. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it? Tom, I think it's Tom's turn. Speaking of strategy, um, the game that I just can't put down, um, and it works better on the iPad with the bigger screen, but it's fine on the iPhone too, um, it's called Strategery. And basically what it is, if you're familiar with the game Risk, it's mm-hmm. a lot like that, but it's, it's optimized more for the touch interface on the iOS devices. It's from a company called Affogato. I hope I'm saying that right. It's $2. It's a universal app, so it's buy once, works on everything. Um, and there's a, whole, there, there's a free version also, so you can try it out, but the free version doesn't have the ways of customizing the game where you can um, set it up so it allocates all the spaces. And, and every time you start a new game, it makes a random grid of all the different spaces. You can have it where it starts with um, the grid filled with your opponents. You can um, have it where you just have one space and you have to you know, figure out how you're going to expand your empire and defeat your enemies. And um, I believe it also has online play, but I usually just, you know have four um, AI opponents that I go against and, and it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's addictive and I can't put it down. It's the one game I play way more than any other. I, I 
used to love I used to love Risk. I played that with my kids for oh such a long time. And of course, we were not competitive about it at all. No, I, I used to play in college all the time. Yeah, I love that game. Me too. There is I, another I, one that's a lot like Risk. Um, it's called Lux Deluxe, which you know if if you're more into the traditional Risk is another choice. I think that one is um, a couple dollars as well. I'm not, I don't recall the exact price. Vicki? Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to move away from the Apple products for a minute. Uh, you know how hard that is for me. Uh, <laughs> and this is the product that I've had from the very uh, first uh, Mac that I got uh, recently, I had a MacBook that I bought, came back to Macs back in 2006 or seven, and, and I got Spam Seed. This product is on every Mac I've ever owned. And I didn't realize that uh, I liked it so much until I got the MacBook Air, and I forgot to put it on there. And I got all these emails that were flooding my inbox. I was like, Where's this coming from? And I forgot I had not installed Spam Seed. This product is a must-have as far as I'm concerned. I know there are other ones out there, but I trust this one. I understand it. It's really simple. Um, it, uh, it works on your Mac, and it also will filter your iPhone, if you, that is, if you use uh, an iMap or Exchange Mail uh, account uh, on, on your iPhone or iPad. And... Um, it um, automatically will create a whitelist for you. Um, you can actually, it, it color code codes the messages that they, they uh, uh, designate as being spam. So you can actually look at them and, and retrain it if it's actually uh, uh, marking uh, valid a good email as uh, as bad. Um, and one thing that I really like about it is that you can turn off the, your e- your uh, your new mail mo- no, new mail notification from your email client and let spam see notify you uh, so when you get your because uh, uh, what will happen is you get a notification from each email that you get even the spammy ones um, uh, it's just that the spam won't be in your inbox um, you know they'll they'll move it to a spam folder. So if you turn off the, the, the new mail notification and let spam seed notify you, you'll only receive notifications for the non-spam messages, so you don't have to worry about uh, uh, that. Um, it's, a, it's a great product. Do you guys use it? No. No, I don't have anything like that. Oh, it's great. I, 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 I hate I, – I, I always look at emails. You want to contact me, email is probably much more effective than – than um, uh, texting me because I, I I look at my email nonstop, especially because I'm in school and I need to keep track of things that are going on there. And um, I just hate it when I get email that is just junk mail. And I I don't get that anymore. Only mails that are actionable or important to me are in my inbox. Well, I think I think Gmail for me does a really good job with the spam filter. So that's pretty much my I use that most of the time. Yeah, that's what I have too. And I'm on iCloud, and I don't get a whole lot of spam. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. You wouldn't. How is that? I, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't get that. You say you're on iCloud, and that keeps you from getting spam. I'm on iCloud well, too. I don't get much. 
I'm not sure why. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were saying iCloud does something special or something. Well, the one thing I know iCloud does differently than a lot of you know ISP email is they do have server-side spam catching. But okay. with a lot of uh, ISPs, you can log into their site, see what's there, whitelist email addresses, mm-hmm. which I wish iCloud offered, you know, being able to whitelist an email address. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Apple definitely does a decent job of keeping the spam away, but, you know, they don't allow you to see what they're doing either. Yeah, that's what I like about spam. See, back and look at it and see. Well, this is actually a valid email, um, and uh, train it that it's yeah. this is a good, good, good uh, email address. Suze, well, as some of you know, I'm a Stylei fanatic, and I paint a lot on my um, iPad, digital paint. And there was a stylus that um, I did for review called the Sensu brush, S E N S U. And what I love about this particular stylus, and I I find it's absolutely indispensable. I I love the bamboo stylus. I love the weight of the bamboo stylus. Um, That's always been my favorite. But until the Sensu came along. And the Nomad brush is another brush stylus, but the Sensu has very tightly packed um, fibers at the end that, you know, is used on the the, um, touch screen. But what I like about this particular... Uh, brush stylus is that it feels more like a true paintbrush. So if someone has done acrylic or oil painting or even watercolor and you're used to like a filbert or round brush, that's very similar to what this brush is. So it comes, um, you know, it's just like a metal tube and on one end it has a regular, um, you know, round stylus, uh, you know, like a pogo or a, uh, a bamboo stylus. It's got a nice weight. It's fairly light. But then you take off the cap, and then you you use that cap to as an extender, basically. So you place it over um, the other uh, round stylus, and then you can use your brush stylus. Now, so I use it with Procreate. I think Procreate is probably one of my very favorite painting apps because it's very responsive, especially with um, the Sensu brush, and also Paper by Fifty Three. That tends to do a beautiful job with this brush as well. I haven't used Pogo Connect yet. That's on my Christmas list. It's basically, um, it, it, I'm trying to think, I, I to, that is used with some of the apps, some of the art apps. I think Art Rage, I don't think Art Rage connects with it. I think Paper does. So I would highly recommend you go to Sensu if you're interested in something like this. I really like it. You know, I, as you know, I talk about stylus, uh, styli a lot, and this one is probably one of my very, very, very favorites. You know, it's about $40, and I know Nomad has come out with the Flex. The thing is, this comes in a nice little case, and it fits perfectly into that Scout bag that I was talking to you about. And um, I don't know. I just think it's a very well done. I think it was a Kickstarter project, and it's just a very, very well done um, stylus. The Pogo Connect is is a it that connects with some of the apps um because it's it's bluetooth it's a bluetooth pen i think they're like 75 dollars but um it's very it's pressure sensitive so if you 
you know, go hard on the line, you'll make a hard line. If you go soft, it'll be soft. It works with the iPad like that. But not all art apps work with the Pogo Connect. And there's, I think there's a couple other ones. I think Jot has one as well. So, Oh, I remember this one. The Pogo Connect, we saw that Which at, one is at the... Which one? or the Pogo Connect? The, the Pogo Connect, we saw some late prototypes of it at a conference back in May. That thing looks amazing. As soon as, you know, more apps support it, it's, it's going to be the stylus. I agree with you. Um, I like brush styles. I like paint. I like, I don't know. It's just something about that tactility, Tom, of, of painting on the iPad. It's, it's a really neat thing to do. I think it's better than a finger painting, personally. I like to think that I'm actually connecting with a brush you know, to make art. But the Pogo Connect looks spectacular. It really does. And, oh, um, yeah. It, it I, turns, it's like having a Wacom on your iPad. Exactly. And I think, I know, I'm trying to think of all the apps so far that support it. I, I know Paper by 53 supports it. I'm not sure if Sketchbook Pro, that's another one I use a lot. Procreate. Um, They've got a list on their website of apps that support it. If, if you go to 101design.com um, and you go to the Pogo Connect page, there is a list of apps that support it. Notepad Pro coming soon, NoteShelf, GoodNotes, NoteBinder, PDF Pen, Paper, Art Studio, Sketchbook Pro. I mean, it's a pretty long list of apps that support it. Okay, Photoshop good. Touch. Oh, okay. I didn't know about Photoshop Touch. That's good to know. Yeah, I know a lot of... Um, a lot of the other stores around the country were really excited to see that prototype and 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 you know cut a lot of the artistic customers are are moving more towards iPads to do this sort of stuff on the go as opposed to you know a lot of Photoshop users before would tote around a well, seven you know, inch I, laptop. I don't know about you, Tom, but after I use and, um, and Vicky and Elisa as well, when you're when you've been using your iPad or your iPhone or your iPod Touch a lot, when I go when I open up my laptop, I'm pressing the screen with my finger. I'm like, what yeah. is? <laughs> I do that a couple times too. Yeah. <laughs> of it all, exactly. and then I think, oh my gosh, am I blonde or what? I can't believe yeah. I'm doing that. Yeah. But I'm just so, even with the iMac, I do the same thing on the screen. And my husband said, not yet, hon. It's not touch screen yet. I, I, I don't think, I, I think Apple has it right. Um, I was playing around with the um, that, that, that Surface thing. And I just, when I was at the keyboard there, I just had this aversion to touching the screen. I just didn't think it was right for you to touch your screen. It just was sort of stupid to me. Um, and maybe because I just don't like the surface. Uh, and I wanted to like it because, you know, I like to buy tech stuff. And I just didn't get this thing. I don't like the interface. And I just felt that having to constantly touch the screen to do things, when I had a keyboard, didn't make sense. Yeah. Well, I remember, did you, when, before, um, before the iPad, but do you re- do you remember? I'm thinking it was maybe just before the iPhone. But do you remember the video of oh, I think his last name was Han, and he was the one that I guess invented the technology with the touch screen. His 
his presentation was fabulous. I mean, there was a lot of great music, and he was taking photographs and blowing them up and putting them. Do Do you remember that video? Seeing that, it was absolutely no. fabulous. And then the rumor was that Apple had, you know, purchased technology from him. So, I don't know. It just it is very intuitive. I, I just love the fact of yeah. I love using a touch screen. I really do. Tom, I'm trying to see if someplace has a cheap. Um, Cheapest I can find. Poco Connect is $55. So that's not too, too bad. It's no, not- for Bluetooth, that's reasonable. So as you can see, the recording is running a little bit long, but there is one thing I want to make sure that I do mention as a favorite thing, and that would be that one of my favorite things is the MyMac.com family. Yay! Yay! And what I really love about about the pe- it's the people is we have our own internal mailing list and when people have happy events happen like a college graduation or a wedding or something like that we post pictures we cheer each other on if one of us has a question about something how do i do x there's always a response it's usually tom is the first one yeah and, and he's the most respected one yeah, yes. he so, brings us so, back. You bring us back down to reality because we go way off track. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what the question was. <laughs> yeah. But it's nice because yes. we ha- we have a group of people that have knowledge in different areas, and you know that if like when you bought your uh, iPhone five, Vicky, if you wanted a case, you could ask on there. Mm-hmm. Who has an iPhone 5 and bought a case? What do you recommend? And yep. people could say, I bought this one, I bought this one, or don't mm-hmm. buy this one, I didn't like it. Or, hey, look, it's on sale at Amazon this week for this price. It's a great place to ask a question of someone, and you know you're going to get an answer. Or even if it's a, gee, I'm really sorry, I don't know the answer to that one. It's mm-hmm. a good place to go to first Yeah, yeah. To, to get some helpful information and some support. Sometimes you just need someone, you, you had a bad day, you need some support. But the other thing that I really like about the family is if it wasn't for that, for being on this mailing list and being a writer for my Mac, I would not have met my two other geeky ladies, yeah. Suze and Vicky. Yeah. And it was about a year ago now that this idea popped into my head about doing this podcast and as soon as I emailed the two of you you were both like on board let's do it and it took a few months to come to fruition by the time we came up with a name and a a logo and what direction we wanted to go in but it's been a fantastic ride for these last 15 episodes so one of my favorite things is meeting all of you without getting too mushy or sappy or anything but I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, you know something? This really is one of my favorite things. Yeah, it is. It is, definitely. So, Best new show sure. of 2012. Thank yeah. you. I, I like the way we just clicked. You know, before we do the show, we talk a lot. And after the show, we talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I can't wait. I mean, the funny thing is, people may not know this, but at least on my part, we've never met each other. No, we haven't. No. We've, we've emailed. We've talked online, obviously, like we are now. We've done some video chatting, and I have talked to a few people on the telephone. But we've never, I've never met any of the three of you in person. I've never met any of the people in person. When uh, my husband and I went to Chicago earlier this year, I was planning on meeting Tim Robertson. Since he works there, it just, neither of our schedules worked out. So we talked on the phone for a little while. But we were not able to meet in person. So I am so looking forward to going to Macworld. 
and at least being able to meet Vicky. Yeah. So okay. that's going to be that's going to be great. Yeah. When you well, get out to MacWorld, it's it's going to be not so much like you're meeting a new person, but more like a high school reunion or something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Because I had some people say you're sharing a room with her. You know, we, uh, yeah. obviously Vicky and I yeah. are sharing a hotel yeah. room. And yeah. if Suze can make it, you know, she'll be joining us too. Yeah. And I've had some people say, but you've never met and you're sharing a room. It's like, I feel I, totally I feel, comfortable. I feel like I know you. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like you're some stranger and I'm taking yeah. a chance. I feel totally comfortable. But when I was the Mac world, I hadn't had met anybody. And I felt like I was the only girl too. And I felt like I was part of the gang immediately. Uh, I told you, I told them that I, uh, my family told me when I was going to Mac world, Oh, you're going to meet, uh, meet up with your real family because I'm, I'm the geek in the family and I'm not like any of them. I, I like tech stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, you need to go, you need to go to Mac. You need to go to your real people. You know, you were raised by wolves. <laughs> Just watch out! Watch out for Vicky after that third glass of wine. She goes. <laughs> I'll be dragging her back to the hotel. Is that what you're saying, Tom? I'm a lightweight. I don't think I can even get to the third glass. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be great. It's yeah. all good. Yeah, it's going to be yep. great. Yeah. Does anybody else have something they'd like to add? Well, there is a new um, photo app that just came out. It's called um, KitCam. It's currently two, uh, $1.99. It's by the makers of PhotoForge 2, which is a post-processing app. Um, they've made PhotoForge and PhotoForge 2, which is, uh, they're both pretty good apps. What I like about KitCam is, um, you know, you basically can use your filters and your lenses and your frames in real time. So they're live previews, basically. You don't have to post-process anything. Although you can load, they just did an update that you can now load from your camera roll if you want to. But it's a pretty neat little app. I really like it. It's a high-res app, which is always very important uh, for me. But I always use Camera Plus, you know, for my um, camera replacement app. But this is really nice, too. And what I like about it. It has an exposure and white balance um, that you can adjust immediately, which is really nice. So there's a little control right next to the shutter button. So if you have a a difficult lighting situation that you want to increase or decrease the exposure, you can. So nice app, KitCam. And Tom, you have listed something in the show notes that I was looking at them before we started that I immediately downloaded. Uh, Which one is that? The app's gone free. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first, anytime a a friend of mine, you know, gets their first iOS device, the first thing I I tell them is you have to download this. Um, It's from a website, I believe it's appadvice.com, and it's called Apps Gone Free. It's in the App Store, and every day they come up with um, not a huge long list of free apps, but a nice cultivated list of quality free apps, usually around, oh, nine or so, I think, um, every day. And there'll be some, there's some good stuff in there. Like, um, a lot of the, the games that my daughter is, has gotten have, um, there's, there's also in the show notes, I put a list of my daughter's favorite games. If, you know, anybody's looking for stuff for their kids, um, apps gone free will have games and productivity apps and, and other things. Snapseed was in there the other day. Um, 
That's gone free I, permanently. Permanently Snaps, now. Yeah, uh, Google. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I shouldn't have saying this, but Google bought Snapseed. Yeah. Um, they they did do an update um, for Snapseed. They added a Retrolux filter, which is kind of some light leaks, Lomo effects, and they also added. Um, they kind of updated. They tweaked the frames, which not so good on the frames. But uh, yeah, it's pre permanently now. But yeah, that's a app, that's a good one to have. Apps gone free is is a absolute must have app. Um, earlier this week, one of the Sims games was in there. Um, there have been um, some office suites in there, uh, scrapbooking things. I mean, just all sorts of stuff. And it's it's almost never, you know, crap apps if you want to say that. But it's you know it's it's good apps that are popular, and they've you know they're free as a promotion and and they keep track of that with this app and also on their site appadvice.com but it's a little easier looking at it through the app. Yeah, and I noticed that it's not just apps that are free for one day necessarily. Not that always. You could, that you could look at maybe an app today's Saturday as we record that maybe came out on Thursday and it's still free, but not necessarily. It could say expired because I went back, I think I went back as far as Thanksgiving to look and see what they had. And it does come in different languages. So if English isn't your language, you can choose. They had French and Dutch and German and different languages that you could look at. So, yeah, it was nice. I immediately, as soon as I saw it, I said, yep, he's right. And I downloaded it. And there is, if just one other quick thing, if if um, if anybody's into solitaire games, the best one I've ever found is Astroware Solitaire. They also have a a Mac version, and I think it's two dollars. Oh, I remember okay. right. I'm an I'm a solitaire aholic. Astroware. It's ninety nine cents. Oh, it's ninety nine cents. Okay, well, oh, I think it was more gosh. than I bought it, but it's it's got twelve different solitaire games. There's a universal. Um, version for the iPhone and iPad and also in the Mac App Store. Oh, it is 99 cents. Oh, you're killing me. They dropped it. I have a couple of of, uh, solitaire apps. Oh, it's got FreeCell, Canfield. Okay. It's it's got Spider, which is hard to find. Uh, Klondike, of course. It's it's the best solitaire app I've ever had. I originally had it on my Palm OS device and then when they um, you know, we're accepting apps in the ma- in the App Store. When that first came out with iPhone OS two, um, it was one of the early ones that was in there. Okay, I see another ninety nine cents gone. Well, on that note too is I don't know. Do you do all of you read Zeit? Do you use Zeit? It's a news aggregator. I have it. I saw that it was uh, updated. Yeah, it has been. It's been very interesting because they. It's one of my very favorite apps. It's probably the very first app that I open up every morning and I get my news because I like it because you can basically select the topics that interest you and, you know, it aggregates from blogs and websites, you know, across the web. And, you know, if you don't like a particular article um, that's in your topic, you can thumbs down it and you won't see it anymore or you can thumbs up it and you'll see more of that content. I really like the intelligent um way that it, uh, you know, acquires information for you. But what they did is they took a very, very successful app, fabulous app, 
And I'm not a fan of the new update. For one thing, they went from a very elegant, minimalistic logo uh, icon to this owl that is like a kid's book. But the whole thing is when you open it up now, the font is different. Um, I don't know if they had any um, you know, graphic designer looking at topography there, but I found it more difficult. They added counterintuitive gestures it's not you used to be able to you know swipe down through your topics and they force feed you this tutorial that you have no choice you have to go through i'm not a fan of it even though they've added you know a lot more um information and topics that you can select from it's harder to acquire the content and i'm finding that there's a lot of extraneous content that are coming into the subjects that uh, the topics that i want that I'm thinking, how is this basketball getting here? So I ended up deleting it, the up, the update, and going back to the old site. Thank goodness I didn't have iCloud uh, enabled because I would, it would have been harder to do that. But um, for those of you that update site, you might just want to do it on one device to see if you like it first, the update, before you do it on both. But I'm not a fan. It's too bad because it's, um, it's a lot like Flipboard now. Yeah, it's, I'm looking at it right now. It just one of the reviews here says you ruined Zite. It's got two and a half out of five stars, and it was a five star, close to a five star app. Yeah, people aren't liking it. Nope. Right. I did a quick, real quick look at it, but I don't really use it too often. Right. So I really I don't have an opinion right now. No, it's too bad. It's too bad when they take something that people really love and then ruin it. Well, what I like about it is because, you know, I have, you know, I have technology enabled, um, you know, an iPad and iPhone. So there have been a lot of things about the iPad and the iPhone apps or information um, regarding them that I've received on Zite. The same thing with, um, you know, arts and culture that I have that enabled. So, um, yeah, it is a little bit disappointing, to say the least. I, 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 it reminds me of New Coke, you know, remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why people tinker with success. That's Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, because seriously, they, it's been redesigned from the ground up. It's not just an update. It's an actual redesigned app. It's a totally different app. So. I've got four apps like that, Zite included, on my iPad that I generally haven't looked at too much have been meaning to um there's of course board um additions from aol and then there's another one called pulse news they'll oh, kind of do the same thing too it's, it's uh, i don't know it's too cl- it's too cludgy looking it reminds me of the surface interface yeah yeah i mean they they all kind of they do clutter the screen with stuff mm-hmm. I, I don't know i just i haven't looked at them enough to really have a big opinion either way yeah well with that since we are running a little bit longer than usual we're going to wrap up for the day um we are going to take the next episode recording off which would be around december 23rd so we will be back in january today as we record it's saturday december 8th tonight is the first night of hanukkah so for those of you who do celebrate happy hanukkah and for the rest of you happy holidays whatever you celebrate We hope that they are safe, happy, and healthy, and we appreciate very much that you are taking the time to listen to our podcast. 
Everything that we talked about and a few things that we didn't have time to get to will be in the show notes at 3geekyladies.com, and that's the number three spelled out. We want to thank Tom very much for joining us today. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me. Always enjoy having you on a podcast. And with that, again, I'm going to say happy holidays, be safe, happy new year, and we will see you in 2013. Take care. Bye. This is Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here with that big yank tank guy. Hey, you nitwit Brit. Did you know the MyMac.com podcast is one of the longest-running Mac podcasts out there? I did know that. Why do you think that is? I think it's because we bring a blend of tech and entertainment that no other show can do. I thought it was because one of us is incredibly handsome. (laughs) Well, thanks, Gaz. I do try to look my best. Yes, guy. Of course. But how can people find the podcast? Well, they should just go to iTunes and do a podcast search for MyMac.com. So subscribe and get your weekly dose of tech fun. Wait, I I thought I was the handsome one. Yeah, you just keep thinking that and we'll be all right. (laughs) 